Every month we have a lot of fun uh, with the Corian Report, but there's a lot going on in the cricket world at the moment. And David Bacher, the author of the Corian Report, has a very deep history in the cricket world, himself being a, a pretty useful player. But we'll get on to that at another venture. Today we're going to look at the Corian Report cricket style. David, as always, uh, we have a look back on the par- at the past month on how the investment markets have been going. But this time around, you've done something really interesting with the Korean Report, and you've put it in there, as you say, cricket style. I'll bring that up in a moment. Why? Thanks, Alec. Well, at Korean, we try and push boundaries. Um, in a way, we make investment decisions for our clients, but also in how we report on the markets, and on pertinent issues. Um, at Corrin, we love our sport. We particularly love our cricket. We're passionate about it. Um, but more importantly, we feel it's our duty. In fact, you know, our responsibility in a democratic society to call out things that we believe is just not cricket. Um, so, yeah, in this month's Corrin report, we, you know, we attempted to do something that is, uh, I imagine, never been done before, provide an investment update that merges the markets with cricket terminology and with the controversy surrounding Cricket South Africa. And there's no one better positioned, well, no family better positioned than this. Give us a little background on the Bachers in cricket. Yeah, look, I, I want to state up front that I'm my own man. Um, my father and I obviously share a love for the game. I have not consulted my father in the video. He doesn't, I don't think he's even seen the video. Um, so this is really done as a, a cricket enthusiast. Um, I suppose being a Bacher may make it a bigger impact, but it's, you know, this voice is my voice. It's not my father's voice. Um, he put out his own statement. Um, and, you know, so, yeah, that that's that's very important. And also, I also want to admit, I am a distant relative to David Teager. Um, I've never met him. Um, uh, so, you know, I think uh, my mother and his father are first cousins. Um, but that's not important here. This is just about actually putting, um, you know, trying to join the dots and make people accountable for their actions. And I think, um, you know, as I said, at Korean, when we we see foul, we like to call it out. And your father, for those who haven't followed or picked it up yet, is Ali, the former, uh, well, former head of Cricket South Africa for a long time, did an enormous amount in changing uh, cricket for the better. And of course, before that, he was the captain of the South African team that beat the Aussies 4-0. I don't think, have we ever done that again? Have we ever won a test match uh, against them in, in such We have won a few series against them, uh, but not 4-0. Um, I think that was a, a what and only. Okay, so let's go into the first of the slides for today. And uh, you, you just talk us through the slides today, David. I think let's, we'll do it a little bit differently. Over to you. Yeah, so on with the cricket theme, uh, we labeled the global markets as subdued innings. Uh, global equities was up uh, 60 basis points, so less than a percent. And once again, it was a pretty much copy-paste repeat. Uh, the U.S. markets were the outperformers. The S&P was up 1.7%, but emerging markets had another tough month. And for example, China was down 6%. Uh, Brazil, you'll see later, was down pretty much the same amount. Yet a very good time 
in the United States. Correct. And uh, as, as your next slide shows, that you know, we label that career bests and there are record highs going around uh, stock markets. The Dow reached uh, the record high, the NASDAQ reached a record high, the German DAX and the, the French CAC reached a uh, uh, equity all-time high. So good time for investors if you were in the right regions. Um, I think it's also important to to state that equity markets should and often spend a South lot Africa, of time though, near form? record highs, and that's because economies tend to grow. The growth is reflected in corporate earnings and inflationary revenues, uh, which is primarily the drivers of, of stock prices. On the other hand, our country's stock market is really not doing so well. And it's interesting on this one, David, because we've had, uh, we have the Pitt versus Magnus uh, challenge, which is now two years old. It'll be interesting to see how that is playing out. But we've got some South African asset managers still maintaining that the share prices here are so cheap. And yet in January, they got cheaper still. Correct. Uh, yeah, what a time to run that, that competition. Um yeah, we, yeah, South African markets are out of form. Um, I think last month had more to do with the, the resources sector, which has had a terrible 12 months, continues to, to underperform on the back of weak commodity prices, some production issues. So you know, our economy, uh, our stock market has a large weightings to basic materials, and that pulled our markets down for, for another month. Currencies on a sticky wicket. <laughs> I love these analogies that you're using, David. They really are uh, top, top class. Okay, so talk us through what happened on the currency side, if you would. Well, the dollar ended uh, the first month of the year with a stunning performance. It led all major rivals uh, in terms of uh, um, by a considerable margin. The powerful start by the dollar came amid a bullish stance from the Fed, uh, which hurt uh, the odds of an early uh, interest rate cut in March, and you know, additionally, there was a, a string of recent strong U.S. data and bullish remarks from Fed, Fed officials, uh, which you know was a uh, which underpinned the dollar further. Okay, so those who did well, and those who those markets who did well, and those stocks in particular that did well. Yeah. So what we show on the next uh, page of our, our our video and our current report is. We labeled the slide the top order, uh, the top order of uh, the countries and some selected shares. And, and it's remarkable when viewing the weighting of these shares and versus the weighting of regions in global equity markets. And the most common global equity market referred to is the MSCI All Countries Index. It tries to track returns of, of all countries given its weightings. And uh, you know, who who would believe that Japan is almost the same size as Apple? The whole of the Japan stock market is the same size as Apple. The a whole of Microsoft weighting to the MSCI is 4.2. The United Kingdom stock market only is 3.5% of that weighting. And then you've got France uh, at exactly the same weighting as Alphabet and Amazon, a very similar weighting to Germany. So, you know, this world has been dominated by big companies uh, to the same extent of the old, you know, developed market economies that you would have seen, would have thought would be significantly higher in terms of its impact. Isn't there a bell ringing there, David? If you've got the whole of Japan 
Toyota. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, you just could keep on going on the number of companies that are there. Is worth the same as Apple, or almost the same as Apple. It does seem a bit out, out of kilter, surely. Yeah, Alec, unfortunately, we rang the bell last year. <laughs> <laughs> so we got okay. a lot of right decisions at Corian. Um, but this one we got wrong, uh, and we wear that. Um, so, you know, our view still remains that we think that these companies are overvalued. Um, but at, for the time being, they've been going from strength to strength. Well, we saw Amazon up by 7% last week after its financial results. At the other end of the scale, not doing so well is uh, property. Uh, actually, property, global property had a, had a bad um, a bad month, as you pointed out. Uh, but domestically, our property shares have actually had a good month and actually a good good uh, last three months is actually up about 15 16% over that period. And last month, property, local property was up up four percent. So you know, from a South African perspective, actually, property, although it's a small weighting in our market, actually anchored uh, the innings. Oh, that's interesting. So, in a South African context, property is actually doing really well, whereas globally, maybe not so much. But the equity market here in South Africa not so good in January. I love the way you brought the cricket theme in here to show us the top performers. Uh, you have an umpire. Is that a famous umpire that you have as a picture? Uh, no, that was actually just the image we could find. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you know your cricket well uh, uh, and better than me, you'll probably know who the umpire is, but I can't name him. Um, so, yeah, the umpire's uh, signaling in the slide uh, a six, and that uh, reflects uh, the top performers of the larger caps in, in, in our all-share all market. And that was dominated by some retailers like Mr. Price, who came out with fantastic quarterly update or results, um, but also buy some RAN hedge shares, uh, which did well, specifically Richmond, which was actually the top performing share for last month. And lots of speculation internationally that Richmond and LVMH are about to do a deal and merge. Do you think that's just made up to give the share price a bit of vooma, or could there be something to it? There could be something to it, but... Um you know, if, even if that merger happens, you've got a big competition uh, hurdles to, to overcome. Um, and when you have two big conglomerates that big in the luxury markets uh, getting together, I, I think it could be a, a tricky transaction to see to its completion. But it is interesting to notice that we are starting to see some um, mergers and acquisitions coming back again, Canal Plus which is not a million miles away from Richmond. You might remember that uh, they were very closely involved in the past when Richmond was in the media industry. But Canopolis coming into South Africa and buying out multi-choice as a, well, help the shareholders there. Uh, and those kind of deals, if the South African stock market is so beaten down, would perhaps become more commonplace. We think so. Certainly in the South African context, I mean, there are shares that are trading at very low uh, price-to-earnings ratios. In other words, you know, very compelling valuations. Something generally has to has to give. Either a management buyout or another company comes in, or, or you know, prices and the, the shareholders uh, don't let things go on for a long time uh, if they want to realise value. Let's look at those who were given out by our empire. The stocks on the. JSC Top 40? 
Yeah, uh, once again, I, I mentioned earlier in this uh, report back, it was, it was a copy-paste kind of feel to to returns in in the world, and certainly our resources shares once again took took a bit of a hammering. Uh, implants and Anglo-American, uh, we are down significantly again uh, under significant pressure. Commodity prices are are obviously leading the, the issues there. And I suppose with Anglo-American. Uh, you know the whole diamond to beer stable uh, that's having an impact on on their results um, and the resource sector as a whole continues to 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 significantly underperform it's got to be an opportunity there at some point in time MTN's decline by 17 percent might that have anything to do with what the chief rabbi uh, was alleging in that very famous video I think the last I looked uh, the our synopsis of it had got 170,000 people who'd who'd watched it. Now, if you're an investor and you even think it's possibly right, then you'd be a little bit cautious. Look, I don't think it helped their cause, um, and, and certainly um, you know, they have to. You know, any corporate that has uh, those kind of accusations or demands for transparency or has has an impact on the share price, but. I think this predates those comments. Uh, you know, there was you know, Nigerian macro headwinds uh, and currency foreign exchange uh, concerns that MTN are facing, and not just MTN, um, also Vodacom in terms of some exposure to African countries that they have. And also with MTN, you know, there's some registration deadlines. It's a big market for them, Nigeria. Um, that continues to be a cloud hanging over their heads. South Africa, cricket South Africa. Let's get on to that now, David. The focus area taking you a little bit outside of the investment world. Help us out. Yeah, it's a, dang- it's a dangerous uh, place for any corporate to, to speak out loud in, in today's times. But call us brave, call us stupid. Uh, we think it's the right thing to do. Um, and I think there's, there's two main issues that, uh, you know, my partners and I, Corian, and I want to thank them for being so brave for letting me a bit of rope to to actually compile this this report. But, you know, we don't think that there's any time that you should yield to the threats of, of violence. And, um, and what I'm focusing on here is not the inquiry, not what uh, David Teager said. I, I'm focusing on the decisions that they put out for his removal of, cap- of captaincy, which to us just doesn't make sense. So, you know, as I was saying, in what democratic world does an institution give in to individuals who threaten violence? That can't be a reason to to give in to. You know, such actions pose significant dangers to societies. Um, it undermines the rule of law. It suggests that outcomes can be determined by force and intimidation, rather through a, dem- a democratic process. So, you know, once an institution shows that it will bend to violence, it sets an extremely a dangerous precedent, um, and that's what we depict in uh, the, the the slide of the video, where you know threats of violence leads, and there's an automation to the cricket South Africa rolling over, and that's how we view it. And so, you believe that it's time for cricket South Africa to show some? Yeah, this is a bit edgy. Um, the 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 caption is to show some cricket balls, um, and in the balls we list. Three questions, and we, you know, 
Transparency is always a good thing. It's a, you know, it's, it's not just about ethical management. It's strategically the, necessary for for sports organizations to maintain positive relationships with its, with its stakeholders. So, you know, not disclosing the details around the decision making process can only you know further tarnish Cricket South Africa's credibility. And Cricket South Africa is a non profit institution. Why would it not want to be transparent? You know, they are not a corporation like Coca-Cola where they're trying to protect a secret recipe. It, it, it serves them no purpose but to actually share uh, the facts with, with the public, and that's all we ask for. You know, we, we might never might never get over the fact that they yield to violence, but if you don't, if you do that, then you also don't actually give us the details around your decision making. Then I think it just um, creates more questions. So we pose the three questions and in my mind these are half volleys um, using another cricketing terminology it's easy to dispatch if there's nothing to hide so yeah just answer the questions and the one question is centers around uh, the, the so-called security report and been reading up a lot uh, about it and according to Cricket South Africa and what, what we've read in their, their statements um, you know they received a Alarm from Net Joints, which is a government agency, um, and you know what we're asking is for them to you know disclose what that report entails. What was there really a, a severe risk, and and to combine that with Cricket South Africa's own security advisor Rory Stain, I, I think he's involved. And I read a report to, uh, in, in the report where it seemed to infer that. Cricket South Africa's own security advising firm didn't think that there was a threat to to David Teagle. So, you know, we want to see both reports. We want to see the NAT joint report. We want to see the Cricket South Africa Securities Advisors report um, to actually understand, you know, w- what was the threat? And if there was a threat, what's happening with the investigation? I mean, if, if I threatened to violence and someone, I expect the law infa- enforcement agencies to be knocking on my I'm out door. What's happening with that investigation? So, you know, just disclose the facts, and uh, a lot of people will go away. And uh, you know, I'm 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 not going away until we we get answers to what I think is very fair questions. Indeed, they are, David. Thanks for giving your opinion here. Uh, what are you hoping to achieve by it? Well, I'm, I'm hoping to to. Uh, really have more credibility in cricket South Africa and, and, and its leadership and its franchise. And, you know, I, I've got friends, boys, I've got a son, uh, I've got lots of people who just want to play for South Africa um, and I want South Africa to do well. So ultimately I want, you know, to believe that the organization that is growing cricket in South Africa are doing the right thing. There are Lots of board members, they have a fiduciary duty to, to you know, uh, respond to, to these questions, I believe. I think what's really good about uh, journalists like you, you've had me on the show, I give you my views, you give them the right to reply. You know, I, I challenge you, Alec, and I challenge other journalists to get uh, the chairman of Cricket South Africa to respond to these questions, to ask why aren't they disclosing these reports. That's not difficult to do. Um, and I also want the sponsors to ask these questions. I mean, ultimately, we all want Cricket South Africa to be strong. We, and, you know, the actions and the reasons given 
and you know, it just just really doesn't sound to you know to give me any comfort. It looks like we're getting our soccer right now. We've got our rugby right. Come on, cricket. Uh, it can't be that that difficult. You've got the, um, the the role models that are that are showing uh, that we can move in the right direction. And I think, David, uh, for you standing up like that, we will certainly be in touch with Cricket South Africa. What baffles me is you've got a you've got a really good guy there in Graham Smith. I wonder what he thinks about all of this. I suppose it's it's a bit tough. He is the guys he works for who are uh, the ones who are making all the trouble. Graham's not on the board. I don't know. I don't know Graham. Um, obviously, know of Graham and part of his career. He focuses on the the T Twenty uh, campaign, but there are other members of that board. Andrew Hudson's on that board, and Andrew has a wonderful uh, uh, reputation in the market. Um, there are other members of the board who I believe are really credible people. Um, and I want to know if what their opinion was it a unanimous decision? And these aren't difficult questions to answer. They really aren't. Um, so just answer them. David Bacher from Corian Capital, and I'm Alec Hogg from Biznews.com. 